one. Have I ever talked about the Fitch downgrade of U.S. credit rating trick? I don't think I have. Has us in the red. We got a slew of earning reports. Some good, some bad, some great, some horrible. Unpredictable price action. We're going to talk about it with the cow guy at 8.05. It's Wednesday. It's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. We're starting out in the hole today by 23.75 handles, 46.77.50, right we're right near where we opened last night at 45.80, so still some digestion going on. We got the dollar futures down a nickel at 102.03. Uh, bonds, bonds trying to get off the low of the move, up quarter point at 123 and 630 seconds. Crude moseying into the 82 handle, but right now up 58 cents at 81.95. Gold getting a little bit of a boost at 9.70 at 1988.50. Silver, that's in the green too, moving in tandem with gold. We'll see how silver is doing here. The front month contract in silver is up 24 cents at 24.56. And Bitcoin getting a little bid here at 355 at 29,795, trying to get back up to that 30K level. Triple D, tell me about when that the, the bomb hit the tape. We got a tape bomb finally on the negative side, yeah. and it was a sell fest. You tell me. You tell me what time you think you hit the tape. Oh, I I, I saw it. I was, uh, I mean. It, tell me it, from the S&P chair what time it, it hit No, oh, 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 because it I'm was. I'm setting you up big time. Yeah, right yeah. I know. I knew the What time from the S&P futures chart did it oh, hit the tape? Oh, what time? He's got to go look at SPY. You see uh, he has to go look at We've SPY. We've argued this forever. The S&P is time? The SPY <laughs> is better than the futures. You know why? Because it doesn't him, close Dennis. from 5 to 6 o'clock. Get him. Okay. And, and get, him. get him. Get him. Get him. Get him. Get him. Get him. Uh, <laughs> but wait a second. But wait a second here. Okay. Um, okay. You're lucky because the low of the day was made after 4 a.m. <laughs> So, so you're lucky on that, but no, we're just having some fun with you here. But yeah, it happened about I don't know, quarter after five, five twenty. You could probably tell from the spy chart. You won't tell from the S and P futures chart because the S and P futures were closed when that news hit. But you will, you will tell from the spy chart. So I think it was around five fifteen p.m. when the Fitch downgrade happened. So Mitch, give us the news for those who were have been sleeping for the last eighteen hours here. What is the news driving the bus here this morning? All right, so Finch Grady cut the U.S. long-term foreign currency issue default rating from 
triple uh, A now to AA plus. Uh, so double A plus there dropping down. The agency had placed the country's rating on negative watch in May, citing the debt ceiling fight in Washington. The repeated <laughs> debt limit political standoffs and last minute resolutions have eroded confidence in fiscal management, Finch said. The agency also noted that a combination of tightening credit conditions, weakening business investments and slowdown in consumption could lead the economy into a mild recession in the fourth quarter of 2023 and the first quarter of the next year. So lots to take in here. I mean, I'm kind of surprised actually they hit stocks as much on it because who really cares about these rating agencies? Is it the recession that the concerns of recession. the rating agencies had, you know, through the financial crisis, they all dropped the ball too. If you remember back to 2007, 2008, <laughs> everything was triple A. This is all triple A paper. And then they're like, oh, and then, I don't know. Now I, it's double A. Now it's rating a. agencies to make your stock trading decisions here. <laughs> it's news. It's knocking the price down. But it kind of seems ridiculous that we're selling the market off on this, in my opinion. Just my opinion. I think the market just wanted an excuse to sell off. Like I tweeted out before, you could just feel, and before, you know, this was like a 3.30 yesterday afternoon, and obviously this happens and knocks the market down, but you can just feel like it's kind of like not going that well this earnings season. And we talked about this on pre-market prep yesterday. The reason it's not going that well is companies are reporting okay earnings. They're actually beating expectations, Mm -hmm. yet they're still, some of these stocks are rallying initially, but then selling off. So I feel like this earnings season has not gone well so far. Um, and it's not so much that the earnings are going bad. You say, oh, 78% beat. It's the, it's the you know, reaction. response, the reaction yeah. to these earnings, where you get the initial pop, like Uber, case in point. And we were dead <laughs> right on this one yesterday, trading up. You could kind of feel. It was just leaking. You kind of feel like it was $51. It's like it feels like it wants to go red. I mean, that's what trading, you know, and that's, that's something that's hard to teach. But just being like in the zone and watching stocks and like you get this like feel like this trading feel. And, you know, if I go away for a week and come back, I'm I'm like a terrible trader for the first two days because I'm out of the zone. I don't have the feel. But I come in, you know, I'm in the feel right now because I haven't missed a day in so long. I can you can just kind of feel it. And you could feel that that Uber wanted to go red. The report was fine, but expectations is maybe too high. Stocks have run so far up into these reports. Delta, blame Delta. I'm telling you, I said this yesterday. I said the most concerning chart of earnings season was Delta, and it was the first one to report. Yeah, I mean, and that had a, a fantastic report. But let's see what the cow guy has to say. Bring him in here. Let's get his conversation here and what he feels on this overall market, too. All right, Scott Shalady, the Cow Guy RFD TV market specialist. How are we doing today, Cow Guy? I'm great, man. How are you guys doing? It's good to be looking, but uh, I mean, did you hear about this ratings outlook? I mean, come <laughs> on. Is this really what's knocking us down today, Scott? Yeah, I don't know which one of you said it, but I I mean, um, ever since 2008, the ratings agencies, to me, you know, that's like... Uh, I don't know. It's like a magazine on the shelf for your uh, your your fantasy football draft pick. I mean, it doesn't mean anything to me. I I, I I'm surprised that they're selling off too. I I actually thought because this we're we're in clown world 3.0 now. I thought maybe actually might be higher, uh, huh. but uh, it hasn't happened yet. But I you know to your point about feeling, um, I know that's 
it's a hard one to get your hands around, but I, uh, I'm, I'm taking a lot of, I'm taking a lot of guff on my show. I've got a, a daily show here. We're coast to coast live every day, two to two thirty central. I mean, uh, Eastern. And I've done this thing called recession Island. And, and, uh, you know, six, eight months ago, I had a lot of buddies on that Island with me. Um, but almost, uh, to, to a man, I'm almost now the last guy on the Island. Uh, passed away. everybody, uh, everybody else has got on what I call delusional dinghy in a boat to nowhere. Um, but, uh, I, I still believe that, um, I've been, you know, 36 years in the business, I can't ignore my gut, right? I can't ignore all the small little indicators that nobody's really, you know, talking about that are telling me, man, you should be very careful here. Now. Yes. If I was a money manager and I had all that pressure that I had to be in the market, I would feel really bad right now for missing the last six months. Yes. I would have missed that rally for sure. But we did manage money and I have done that before. And I always try to manage it by, you know, I wanted to play small ball, move the runner around, be within the neighborhood of the benchmark at the end of the year, within the neighborhood. So let's just say, you know, for giggles that the benchmark's 10%. I would like to be between seven and a half, eight and 11. All right, that's fine. I don't want to be 18 because it means I probably took some outside risks. And I don't want to be one or two. That means because I kept it all in cash. But now I would really like to sell myself when we were doing it on the fact that when we were down 22% in the year, I'd only want to be down 2% because I could make up so much on those downtimes. Uh, we would get some really good business from that because we will say we're in the neighborhood uh, on the, on the, of the benchmark on the good times. And we're going to try to be flat when the market's down 20%. That's going to be our goal. Way ahead in the long run. If you could, Oh do my gosh, you would not believe how much further you ahead that you are. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's what my gut, that's right. I'm just telling you that because that's where I come from. Right. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah, I would have missed this rally if we were still managing money, if I wasn't doing the radio show and the TV show. But at the same time, I'm, I feel like I'm going to get a chance because you've got corporate bankruptcies spiking, you know, auto loan delinquencies spiking, foreclosures spiking. Um, and you've got Challenger Gray and Christmas came out yesterday or the day before saying that uh, the, the layoffs between the first six months this year versus the first six months last year are up 244%. I mean, I don't know why it's not coming through in the non-farm jobs number, but it's not. And everybody's so excited about the indices, but I'm going to say that's largely AI generated. Yeah. So I can't get, I just, if, if you had a grandmother that died and gave you 5 million bucks right now, I'm not putting it in the market. I'm just not. It, Tina. Tina is here. There is a, you know, or Tina's gone. There's an alternative, right? buried yeah. Tina. The, Powell buried Tina officially yes. here. Yes. And, and, uh, you know, I've argued that for a while. I, I used to carry preferred stocks. I used to carry like a certain portion of my portfolio. Yeah, you know, I've had some gross stocks in there too. But a lot of it was conservative, some preferred stocks, some staples, some healthcare stuff, you know, to give me some yield. I sold all that stuff because I get yield just in, in, in five and a half percent just sitting in treasuries. I, you so, know, I, I've done the same thing. I, I you know, we, uh, you know. I manage, you know, families, our, our family money. And of course, I mean, we, we've got some people in their eighties and, and we had them, you know, a hundred percent stock. And I'm like, what are we doing? This is insane. And we moved them over five, five and a half for between six and, and, and uh, 24 months, depending on what we were, you know, on the curve. Yeah. And I'm, I'm real happy with that right now because it gives me the opportunity to breathe and think. And, yeah. and yes, we do have some cash on the sidelines or we give up some of that yield. If I have to pull it out early, which is fine. I'll take the penalty. But I, I just, like I said, I have, there's so many small indicators that do not hit the headlines. 
And every time I talk about this in the tavern on Saturday night, the first two things they punch me in the face with are unemployment rate at 3.6% and look what all the indices are doing. But let me just tell you, if you would have had, you know, going back to January 1st of 2022, at the start of the year, if you would have $100 in the NASDAQ, it, it was 30, it was 66 bucks by the end of the year. We had a 34% sell-off, right? Now, everybody's saying, oh my gosh, look at the NASDAQ. It's doing so well, it's up 33%. Well, you got to be up 51% to get back to your $100. Yeah, right. Still and down. so you're still down money, but everybody they do they do the same thing with Bitcoin. Bitcoin's high last year was sixty six thousand. Uh -huh. I mean, why? How does everybody suddenly forget the bloodbath that we all took last year? Uh, because now the headlines is you have to be in Bitcoin, you have to be in the Nasdaq. Uh, oh, contraire, it's not that fast. Slow your roll here, buddy. Um, I'm going to take my five percent and and think clearly. I think there's great opportunity. Don't get me wrong. This volatility's created a lot of opportunity. However, I there's no way that we can try to take that much money out of the system and not have some sort of rocky time. Now, it might not be a, a soft landing. It might not be a long, a short landing or a hard landing. It's going to be a long landing. We're going to have high interest rates for a lot longer than folks think. I agree. I agree. What I mean, what's the bond market trying to tell us here? I mean, okay. and, and it just I go into the go into the and in Fitch too. I mean, we can credit, you know, they definitely sandbagged the market here, you know, with that rating and stuff. But I'm looking at the bonds and I'm looking at the dollar and I'm looking at crude moving up. I mean, right. is it just we whip inflation just like that? Is it no. is it gone? I you know I, I call them my go-tos. I do them every day. My gold, oil, the tenure yield, and the U.S. dollar. Okay, I look at those four things when I get out of bed every morning. And right now they're telling me. Right now they're telling me that they're it's worried about inflation. Gold gets hit. Worried about higher rates. The crude oil is going up. That's going to make the dollar get stronger because everybody's worried about higher rates. We've got, you know, look at the Bloomberg Commodity Index. I talk about corn, wheat, and beans all day on my show. They're all going up in price. Food is going up. Energy is going up. You know, there's a very strong likelihood that the CPI print of three percent could be a low tick. Uh, I want to hop in here. We are about to get ADP, so I want to give a shout out to those that might not know that it's coming in right now. Uh, Dow Jones expected at a 175,000 increase, uh, lower than the 497,000 rise in prior's <laughs> month. I don't know what the hell happened there, but uh, we'll see what happens when that hits at 815. That's about a minute away. Um, but Scott, and I, and I really want to ask you this question is, What's going to break this AI bubble, right? In the dot-com era, it seemed like earnings started to come down and then things started to really change. Of course, I didn't change. I didn't trade that era. But what do you think here breaks this bubble? You got to get everybody. They're getting there. Got to get everybody over their skis. You know, when everybody just wanted to buy uh, a, a, a stock in, in 2000 because of that dot-com after it. Um, you know, that you knew, or, you know, I guess the line I'd say is when the milkman wanted to get long milk, you wanted to get short. Okay. So we still have a few people that need to get in the market. You know, you, we still have yeah. a few people that you, you need to get in the market before you can say, okay, when the next time you get in an Uber and if that guy's getting an AI sell. <laughs> I, I know how that one works. Uh, yeah. We'll be looking for those indicators on the street. Right. That's for sure. Right. Do you Sorry. like so, so let's just take it back, Scott. So it sounds like you're still staying in the bear camp. Yep. Do you like anything though? Any sectors? Are you looking at certain stocks? Like, you know, obviously, you know, you like cash and I like cash too, but you know, there's obviously, you know, been some opportunity here. Do you see any opportunity in the second half or are you just staying um, safe? Uh two things. Number one, I I I do love AI. I mean, I love the technology the first time around. 
Um, obviously, everybody's going to talk about the bad parts of it, but we're still we've still got really bad parts of the the internet right now with people getting scammed and uh, people being able to shut down your entire eastern seaboard when it comes to oil or some sort of grid when it comes to power. That's all uh, electronically based. There's still some um, big worries when it comes to just the plain old internet. So yeah, there's some worries with artificial intelligence, but I think. I think it's the real deal, but I don't want to be involved with, uh, you know, the, I don't want to be a pioneer, right? My definition of a pioneer is a guy, you know, face down in a puddle of water with a coonskin cap on and five arrows in his back, right? I want to be like the fourth guy there, okay? So let all these people go out there and loot, waste their money with some of these stocks. But I think you're going to get a great opportunity. And some of them are the big boring ones, you know, Microsoft, Alphabet. I mean, those, this, I think I've said it for 15 years. What is going to be the next thing that comes around the corner that's going to turn us into what we were uh, in 2000 with what the internet did, right? Because we got so far out of our skis. We spent too much money. We had interest rates at zero. We needed something to rescue us. We didn't know what it was going to be. I think it really could be AI. I really do. Some people thought it was going to be healthcare. Some people thought it was going to be something else. But at the end of the day, this is going to be a pretty powerful tool. And hopefully it makes the productivity go through the roof without putting a lot of people out of work and actually changes things for the better, which I think it will. But I, you're going to have to, it's going to be dicey, but that's going to be where the opportunity is because it's probably going to be the diciest. Now, I just want to get this out there before we go. I, I also I also am going to be watching the consumer very closely because that's the key to everything right now, right? As long as they have a job, they're spending. They're spending on fumes because savings rates are all-time record lows. We just went over a trillion dollars with credit card balances around the country. Um, we've got a record high number of credit card uh, um, uh, application denials right now. Um, all of these little things out there that are t you know, t you know, telling me danger Will Robinson. So when we start to see the consumers start to, to, to falter a little bit and McDonald's has, has said they've started to see it. Uh, people trading down the menu and or not getting that extra cheeseburger that you eat on the way home. So your wife doesn't know you had it right. Or the guys, the C, the C of uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the chief financial officer, CFO of, of Costco has said he's starting to see uh, some of those types of behaviors, people trading out, but not in mass yet, right? But when the consumer finally breaks, then this whole thing, the whole thing falls apart. It's 70% of our economy. They're already, they're already spending on fumes right now. It's just a matter of when, not if. We'll have to wait and see, right? I think that we've been waiting to see when the consumer will break. It hasn't broken yet. But, everybody's everybody's gotten that wrong, right? I, I still yeah. think we get a, we have, we have a high likelihood of a recession. I mean, we haven't even talked about the obvious things like the inverted yield curve and all that stuff. But yeah. it, when we do finally see that consumer break, and you know, like I said, it's it's, it's going to happen. It's just it's just when. And so I, I'm I've stopped putting a time frame on it. I mean, I think Fitch came out and said they were worried about a recession right this year, like fourth yeah. quarter. Right. We had Co CoBank. CoBank's a big bank when it comes to agricultural sector in this country. Huge. Um, they said fourth quarter, maybe first quarter at the latest. So I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to put a time on it, but you can't you can't pump that much money in and try to take that much money out and raise rates from zero to five and a half percent, five and a quarter, five and a half percent, without having some sort of unintended consequence. And we'll get one. That's when I plow into AI. Like always, you guys can keep up with everything Scott Shalady does. Check out RFD TV, and he does some great interviews also. So if you guys are not checking those out. What are you guys waiting for? Definitely, we'll throw up his link there in the chat. Always good to have you, the cow guy, and much love in the chat for you. Thank you for My coming brother. on today, Scott. Have Let's a good see one, you. Scott. All righty. All right, let's get back to the market. Uh, just to break that news, ADP did come in at 324,000 shares. Uh, for, 
324,000 jobs versus 189,000 jobs. So how's that affecting the market, Joel? You're on mute. You're on mute, Joel. Good old mute button. Uh, we're, we're just holding steady here at the 45, 76, 77 area. Uh, what I think is interesting here, too, because the spoos couldn't open until 6 o'clock, we opened at 45.80, and we're only three or four points away from that. So the market is still, you know, digest really fully digesting the information. Uh, someone came into the chat and said, you know, is this a buy the dip opportunity? Well, if you would have got up at 4 a.m. this morning and you were hoping to buy and with the spider open too, and you were hoping to buy last week's low in either the S&P. rallying. It, yeah, you missed it. You had to, you know, if you were so, and that, that also coincided. So to me, the buy the dippers were up early. Here. They're yeah. already here. Now what do they do? Now there are people that bought this morning that are sitting on some decent profits. We'll see if the well, 20 handles. Coming. We're 20 handles off the low here. That's it. So we got yeah. half the losses back already today. You can come and say, what a bloodbath. <laughs> it was a hell of a lot worse at 4 a.m., Joel, to your point here. So they already 100%. have come in. And you're not going to shake the buy the dip mentality in two days. You're not going to break that in two days. I no. mean, we saw with all those key reversals, you think, or even eventually, there are too many people who are just coming in and buying the dip. So it's hard to go full bear market here. You know, I tweet out something. Everybody thinks, you know, I'm tweeting for a bear market. I just think, like, we went ran a long ways. Like, bringing the register might be prudent here. So we've honest. talked about this for the last couple of days. There hasn't been the disaster report yet, right? A straight disaster from the big ones. They've and all been good, really. The reports, Mitch, let's be honest, have been pretty good. You can say yeah. that you can say the reaction to Netflix was a disaster, but the report itself wasn't that bad. You can say that the reaction to Tesla was a disaster. It's 35 points off, 45 points off the high it made a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, before the earnings print. But it's the reactions that have not been good. It's the reports have not been bad. That's what's concerning to me is that we're just playing it differently. We were last quarter, some companies were disappointing and they were buying the depths, the Airbnb, the AMD. The opposite is occurring here. The Ubers, the Delta, the reports are good and they're selling They're selling into the strengths. So it's a little bit of the opposite thing happening here. And that's a concern. The reactions are a concern. And, you know, it's not saying that you got to go out and sell all your stocks. But if you're sitting 100% invested in this market here right now, having a little bit of cash and, you know, just in case is not maybe a bad call. All right, let's get to the earnings today. A lot on the docket. Let's go to advanced micro devices. Of course, AMD Q2 EPS at 58 cents beat the 57 cent estimate sales of 5.36 billion beat the 5.32 billion estimate. AMD sees Q3 23 revenue at 5.7 billion plus or minus 300 million to a estimate here of 5.82 million uh billion estimate there and so the big thing that i saw there is the gross margins were down a little bit uh down from 54 percent year over year down to 50 percent um it, it's not the biggest deal there it's only about four percent drop uh they 
did say they're on track to launch and ramp production of the MI300 accelerators in Q4. Of course, that's an AI chip that could really give um, them a nice lift. And the CEO said that the company sees an opportunity to develop an AI chip product that complies with export controls to sell in China. I think that's also a good uplift for them. AMD at 119.95. Can it get back there towards that big spike off the numbers? I think the high is in. I mean, I'm long the stock. I sold half of it before the report because I was nervous about taking the whole thing through it. It was a sizable position. Um, I just, you know, the reaction was fantastic. The initial reaction, I was like, this earnings is okay. But I'm like, holy mackerel, they are buying the hell out of this. Got up to like basically 121, 2, 3, 4, 5. Algo's going wild. AI, they're going to talk AI. Ah! And then, you know, <laughs> they talked AI, but it really wasn't that exciting here. And we've come back from the lows here. We got down to 117 here overnight. We're back to 119. So we actually, you know, briefly went red here on this thing. We're back in the green. I'm wow. long the stock still. I have half the position because I still think there's a long term story here in AMD. But I don't love the reaction here. I don't love the fact that Uber, you know, had a good report and sold off. We're just in a different, we're not Kansas anymore. They're not buying stocks relentlessly on earnings reports. They're actually looking for excuses to sell. So here you are, Fitch going great. This report's fine, but they're looking for excuses to sell here. Trading and investing is two different animals here. I'm trying to separate it. I've been trying to learn how to separate it for 23 years. It's very difficult. Um, I'm trying to hold a piece of the AMD, even though everything wants me to sell it. Uh, what a spike up there. And I saw it going. I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, I see the price action. I'm like, okay, well, they beat. I was thinking that they beat by a lot. They beat by a penny. I know. A penny. I know. One penny. Uh, I was uh, talking about this with uh, Christian Fromhertz. I had uh, identified the uh, uh, the pair of highs at the 122.50 area. Well, they made quick work of that. I probably should have been looking a little bit higher because there were a pair of highs at the 125.50 area. That was right near your pre-market high of 25.36. But I'll do a reset on this one. I'm not buying it, but I'd keep a close eye on this 122 uh, area again. It's you know We got the reset. We had the high. We had the pullback. I don't know if this one's going to go red like the Uber uh, just because, I don't know, just uh, it really hasn't gone crazy off its 110 though we'll see what happens with the market but a uh, nice spike off a penny beat i'm a little bit got a little bit overdone there uh, i did the algo's just gone wild there and i didn't really understand why it was rallying that much but i was like happy it was doing it because i'm long the thing but i don't like it you know that's given most of it back We'll see if it's able to make that way back. It doesn't look too bad right now. We'll see what yeah. happens in AMD. Let's go to Solar Edge here, SEDG, as they are definitely getting smacked here. Solar Edge Technologies Q2 adjusted oh. EPS, $2.62, beat the $2.55 estimate. Sales of $991.3 million beat the $989.17 million estimate. Now, where they went wrong here is their expected Q3 revenues. Now down to $880 million and a high end of $920 million when the consensus was $1.05 billion. So, yeah, that's going to... Significant lower in revenue guidance. Yeah, that's definitely going to hit your stock real quick. The solar has been a disaster. And one last comment, Dennis. uh, Solar Edge said that U.S. residential solar market is currently starting to see some headwinds, primarily related to higher interest rates. So I just wanted to put that out there. 
And that's a concern. And we've talked about that eventually hitting, you know, the market here too. I mean, it's one thing, you know, you can stomach higher rates for a short period of time, but if rates stay up for a prolonged period of time, eventually it starts to hit corporate profits. It's not even that it hits the consumer. It eventually just hits corporate profits and companies that have to borrow, they have to pay more to borrow that money. They're not borrowing at 0% anymore. They're not borrowing at 1% anymore. Money is not free anymore. That eventually has to come to roost too. But the market, like to Scott's point, the market continues to ignore all of this. Mm-hmm. The market doesn't care. It's being driven by FOMO and an AI story and doesn't care. Does eventually fundamentals trump it? Does eventually the macro picture, you know, make a difference here? I'm not sure, but I'm not putting all my money in on these stocks when, you know, interest rates don't look like they're going down in the foreseeable future. With that being said, holy solar, let's just take it to this sector. It has been a disaster. ENPH, we talked about that. Disaster earnings, Solar Edge, which is its pair, follows suit with its own disaster. The only one that was okay was First Solar, and it gave all the gains back. From that, just yeah, for our point, we've got to start looking at what has happened during this earnings season is that some companies have reported good earnings and they've rallied, but they've given it back. And the companies that have reported bad earnings have been hit and haven't come back. So I just think there's been this overall turn that, you know, you can clearly identify in the last couple of weeks where there's happy sellers out here and, and the buyers aren't as happy. So, I mean, the ENPH, you could say, oh, the dip it's got bought. Well, it did for a day and now it's starting to leak here again. It's getting back down to those lows. I think caution is the key word here. TAN has been a disaster. It's going to make a new, we're going to 2023. We're going to make a new 2023 yeah. low here. There's not a lot <laughs> of sectors doing that. ETF. This Solar ETF in the doesn't gutter. move, man. This ET Tan, I think, is one of the worst ETFs, man. Honestly, I would never touch this thing. Every time I've touched this thing, I've lost on it. And uh, the big thing that I would say in Solar is you have to stick to the winners because there's so many losers here that destroy this ETF. This ETF looks so good technically, and yet every time it does, it just gets whacked right back down. But- I mean. But it depends on when you're looking at it. And I mean, TAN from in 2020 went from 20 bucks to 120 bucks. Yeah, that was so. Uh, a lot of this, Mitch, yeah. is simply the fact that it should never have been as high as it was in the first. And place, we're yeah. still on TAN, $65 from where we were in 2019, $20. You're still up 200% in four years in the TAN. So maybe it's the fact that it was just stupid to be as high as it was. And we're just having, you know, that natural correction down to reality. And, you know, a lot of stocks haven't had that. And that's why we can pick on TAN and say, you know, you know, this has been a really crappy ETF for the last two years, but this has been a fantastic ETF for the last five years. For the last, and if you go further than that, you know, it's it's yeah. it's been a good investment. It just maybe never should have been where it was. I mean, ENPH went from, what was it? In 2019, it was $6. It went to 340. We just had irrational exuberance all over the place in solar. And now we're getting that natural correction back. The question is, are there other sectors that are similar to this? The question is, is this, you know, like the possibility that, you know, even looking at the QQQ to Scott Shalady's point, what a rally we have had in the queues. What an impressive rally from 2019, 150 to $400 in 2021. And then we know the bubble burst. We can't, we are almost back to the highs. We're back to the point where everybody's like, oh my gosh, I'm getting my money back. 
it's not going to be easy sledding. To our point, in the second half of this year, it technically doesn't get easy sledding. It was easy in the first half because everything was oversold. We even talked about, Joel, we talked about this, the calendar turn, and Tesla and Meta and a lot of these stocks just being so massively oversold that they were due for a bounce. The bounce just lasted so much longer than anybody anticipated. But is it just that easy for Meta to just go make new all-time highs? Like it's just going to do it, 99, 322, we're going in 370? Or do we eventually have a pause? Do we eventually have a period where, hey, we're not just going to go straight up like we did for the first six months of the year? I think the second half, I'm going to keep saying, is going to be a lot tougher than the first half for the Bulls. Oh, boy. Uh, well, just bringing it back to this SEDG, uh, I was going to give you a monthly low at 206.60. See ya. We're trading at 203.40, 203.49. Uh, your next monthly low is sub 200 uh, at 190.15. Oh, boy. I don't know if we're going to get that low today. But uh, I think about the psychological 200 level, that's three and a half bucks away. Uh, but just a step down seller here, just you know, after just the stock has just got killed going into the report. The street was leaning the right way. This was 290 a couple weeks ago here. I think just going back to one thing that Scott said, and, um, you know, it's hard. Like we, you know, we have our anonymous chat. We have people that we talk to. We have, you know, aggressive traders. We have, you know, some long-term investors, people just Mm -hmm. trying to keep um, their, uh, you know, their eye on things, right? But it all depends on where you're at in your investing time frame, right? And he mentioned eight, you know, like people that are 75, 80 or people that are old like me. I mean, the risk in the markets here after this rally, if you've been investing for 15, 20, 30 years, That's I mean, what more could you ask for than this rally? Yeah, I, I, I don't mean, know. I look at I my how you just don't sell, right? Like, I don't know how I want to. I, don't I, don't I want to sell at all. I, I, I keep too. wanting to sell it all into this rally. My my long-term accounts, the trading account always, you know, I do pretty well in the trading. We know that. The long-term account moves with the overall market. It's not far from all-time highs, my long-term account. I look and I'm like, I'm half cash, yet I'm still almost back to, you know, all-time highs here to where we were um, on the indexes. Maybe that makes sense because there is some certain stuff that is making new all-time highs. But part of me just thinks like it was a really bad 2021 and 2022 for investing it was ugly you know i watched my long-term account go down too and i had a lot of cash i can't imagine i can't imagine somebody that was fully invested what happened to them especially if they were in tech or any of those kathy type stocks i mean look at arkk from 150 down to 48 and here we are talking about what a rally this is the best market ever ask kathy (laughs) Wood. ask kathy (laughs) Wood if it's the best market ever let's give it some freaking perspective here you know not everything is the dia but you know obviously not everything is warren buffett i try to invest like that i think if you actually track you know how my long-term stuff i probably move more with warren buffett than anything because i got a bunch of value stocks in there i got similar stuff stuff that makes money but i mean there are still some people money mitch too there are still some people out here whose portfolios are significantly lower than where they were in february of 2021 significantly kathy wood is the poster child for that the poster child so i don't think there's a lot of people who are sitting near all-time highs on their long-term accounts if they started in 2023 of course they are but if they started in 2020 or 2019 there's some people who are still sitting on some losses and all i'm saying is as we continue to come back in a lot of these beaten down names 
there's going to be some happy sellers saying, thank you for giving my money back. I mean, what about Upstart? UPST oh, has went from man. 10 bucks to 72. Do we think it's going back to 350? Or is this just this bear market rally overall? Question to the chat. Is this just a bear market rally in Upstart? Because we can look at Upstart here and you can clearly see $400 is where it was when, you know, the gentleman on CNBC didn't even know what they did, but he was, you know, tooting the horn on it. I mean, $10, $400 to 10, 10 to 70 doesn't look like a bull market in this upstart. Does this look like a bull market? Look at the bottom right chart. Does this look like a bull market for upstart? Or does this just look like a bear market rally because the thing was significantly oversold? It went from 400 to 10 in a year and a half. Went down 98%. Now it's got that relief pop. Do we just think it's going back to 400? Do we think that? Because if you're buying at 70 right now, you're banking that this really, really continues. The stock perspective here, have perspective people. The stock is up 600% in two months. 600% in two months. What do you want? At a certain point in time, it's time to ring the register. I think in stocks like this, it's absolutely time to ring the register. I think you just got to stay with the trend. The trend's your friend until it isn't. Right now, the trend is still your friend, at least in stocks like Upstart and Carvana, names like that, Affirm. They're still, it's still your, still your friend sure. right now, but it's, it can quickly change. Don't I get think, married to these positions yes. here, though. And no, the no, other no. thing and point taken here is you've got to be careful when you're taking these things through earnings because mm-hmm. those trends break fast through earnings reports. Never 100%. take a trade through an earnings report. I'm going to say that right now. If you're a long-term investor, you absolutely have to take through earnings reports. Right. But I'm going to say for the most part, if you have something on for a trade and you take it through an earnings report, you are asking for trouble. Asking it's a hit. gamble. Yeah. It's a gamble. There's multiple people in the chat talking <laughs> about GNRC today. Let's talk GNRC. Let's go. It was Let's an go to epic Generac. disaster, really, when you compare to what's been going on. The report wasn't that bad, but it had run up into the report. It had come up. It's off 25 bucks. I threw it in the long-term investment account. I didn't sell any of it. I wish I would have. But if you had that on for a trade and you took it through the report, you're doing it wrong, man. You're doing it wrong. I like Generac. I own a Generac. I think the product is fantastic. I thought when it you know, was pulling back, it looked pretty good. So from a trading perspective, it was a good trade. I took it through the report. I'm getting dinged for it. With that being said, it was in my long-term retirement account. So I've got to take some stocks through the reports. If you start trading out of everything before the reports in your long-term account, you're not going to get those bonuses like where stocks go like NVIDIA and you're not going to get that stuff. It sucks when you look and I was watch the gain evaporate and turn into a loss. It really sucks. You know, should I sell it at the loss today? Maybe, but I kind of like the company. I kind of like the fundamentals. The valuation was reasonable. But if you're taking Generac through the report after it just rose 30 points in the last month, I mean, you're asking for trouble and trouble happened. Generac yeah. Holdings Q2 EPS at a dollar eight, missing the dollar sixteen estimate. Sales at one billion beat the nine hundred and eighty-five point zero two million estimate, but still getting hit. Uh, this is a level, you know, not just for today, but just you know, I know Dennis, you're probably going to try and hang on to this one. I mean, what a move since the end of April, right? I mean, come on, you're at 92.23. You made the high of the move yesterday in not the greatest market, you know, environment with down market, 156.95. So you come back down, you're coming back halfway 
at 124.50. I'll give you a zone here. You had a ton of lows uh, at 118 to 120. The 50% retracement is 124.50. This absolutely has to stabilize in this area. And I don't know if it's the low is going to be in today and it's going to spike or be the undercut and rally. But the Bulls have to vigorously defend this. Also, I think the Bears, I mean, this is, uh, you know, if you just got stuffed short in this thing, you were, you were out of, you were down money heading into the print yesterday. This is a pretty nice windfall. S&P is losing a little bit of momentum here after that ADP number. But uh, uh, coming into a good area, I just want to see if SEDG is under $200 yet. Nope. It's starting to slow down. <laughs> it's only down 34. Uh, I'm I'm shocked GNRC is down this much. This is an epic, like, like the reaction is shocking because the report was bad. They, they, they missed on the earnings. You can't miss in this environment. It's showing you two things. One, you cannot miss. You cannot miss this earnings season. If you miss, they punish you and they punish you severely because expectations that bar is higher. Last quarter, yeah. you can miss. They dip a little bit and they bounce back. I'll this show you a is company. different. We're not a company that missed big and also getting whacked. Exactly I can't believe it's been hit this hard. About. It was 135 when we started the show. 40 Let's take a look. 25 now. Let's take a look at SMG. Same story here, right? Q3 EPS at $1.17 misses the $1.41 estimate on the EPS. Look at the reaction to the stock now. Sales miss. also missing here. $1.12 billion misses the $1.16 billion estimate. Scott Miracle Grow taking a big hit. You cannot miss this earnings season. You cannot miss. I'm going to continue to say that. I've said it four or five times for a reason I'm repeating myself, is if the stocks miss, they get hit. And you know what? They're not bouncing back. So you've got to, like, people are just naturally want to jump into these things. And and maybe they do. Maybe they're going to bounce back. But, I mean, look at look at Zebra Eye yesterday, Zoom Info. We thought maybe bounce at 20 and a half. No. No. You missed. Severely punished. They they did, you know, on uh, Snapchat, they did bounce that one off the 10. It was a really hard support. But I just think it's not the same reaction. And this is concerning for the overall market. It's it's like it's not forgiving as much. Market was lower expectations, before. too. There was the like, expectations we, are lower here, too. You're right. The expectations haven't climbed to what they are. I mean, Microsoft, give a perspective here, folks. The revenue's down year over year. I mean, it's because they beat on the number expectations, though. You know, like, give a perspective. Trading 33 times are not growing. Eventually, we're going to come into this market. And the reason, you know, we're talking about stuff like this, we're still at the highs, Joel. I mean, really? we're at oh, the yeah. highs. Oh, definitely. You have a chance to sell the high here right now. So I'm not trying to go full bear. I'm not saying the end of the world is coming here. But I'm saying if I was a money manager, I'd be ringing the register on stuff because I don't want to get GNRC'd and everything else. And that's going to be a verb here today because that's what just happened. I got GNRC'd and what? It pisses me off for sure. It pisses me off. You don't want to see that. And you're like, why do I hold anything? You know, it's it's a slap in the face. And GNRC is a nothing stock for most people. You know, we follow it on this show, but it's not even going to get, it may, it may not even get CNBC coverage. I mean, it's not a huge company. But what if it happens that it's, you know, one of the guns, like we get Amazon and Apple reporting on Thursday. Oh, what if they just say we see like, you know, like, you know, like Microsoft got hammered because they said, what was the word that they used, Joel? It wasn't, you know, on the AI growth. They gradual. Said, gradual growth. Microsoft got hammered because they talked about gradual growth. The expectations for this market are so bloody high right now. They're higher. 
maybe not from an analyst perspective, but from an investor perspective, everybody thinks we are like raging economy, bull market going places. Everything is fantastic. And you know what? A little reality check so far this earnings season. The earnings haven't been that good. Now let's move over to one that uh, we thought maybe potentially could get the lift, right? We saw good earnings out of UNH, of course. That was United Health earnings. Let's go to Humana. As Humana is getting the nice little lift here, Q2 EPS at $8.94 beat the $8.88 estimate. Uh, adjusted sales here at $25.73 billion, missed a $25.82 billion estimate, but they did affirm fiscal year 23 adjusted EPS guidance here and getting a little bit of a lift, Humana. I almost wanted to buy this last night ahead of the report. And the only reason is like markets getting hit. This is your defensive, defensive stock. stock. This yeah, is like the story. If they come out and say anything, okay. And the expectations were low here, Money Mitch. We know yeah. UNH had already bounced back the majority of those there losses. You go. Yep. And I was Take like, I'm looking at that pair mind. and thinking, Humana, if they say anything, okay, it's a $500 stock. It's 480 I actually think it could continue the rally here. So I'm not saying Chase. I hate chasing up 22 bucks. But if you were along this thing, I don't know if I'd be that quick to just say this is the one that gives it back. Why? The story is different here because this is defensive. Humana is defensive and the market is on a defensive day. So you don't want to be in a risk on stock on earnings on a risk off day, but you want to be in a risk off stock on a risk off day. So, and this is a risk off stock, meaning this money actually moves into stocks like this when the overall market is weak. It's actually can move opposite to the market. So Humana, I'm not surprised trading up. Uh, in absolute no man's land. And I was looking, I have UNH on my front page because it's one of the top components of the index. And I had saw that it really had rebound nicely. Uh, they both got hit. I believe the, the primary news was something about Medicare uh, reimbursements from uh, Humana was the one that had the news. UNH, I mean, it wasn't easy uh, to, you know, to catch the lawn there, but I had noticed that that had come back and fill the gap. So why, why the heck can't you Humana do the same thing? Uh, 485 is only, or 486 is only a number because it's the pre-market high. So look through that, look for the follow through. I would say 510. I know 500 is a psychological number, uh, but to get the uh, actual gap fill here, 40896 that was your low on June 13th and the only reason I'm going to say hey it's not going to go there is because I doubted caterpillar yesterday caterpillar unbelievable different stock different setup but man oh man it's got the cats momentum out the going. hat man the cats look, out the look hat at that thing holy <laughs> mackerel that but you know what caterpillar day. has to protect it a ridiculously low PE. That's what it has. The Caterpillar PE, and what if, you know, it? we can extrapolate. It's low, Joel. I'm going to grab okay. it right now. It's low. Caterpillar PE. It says it's 17 on the forward, but I don't even know if that's right because I last time I was looking, maybe it's run up this far. I was looking at a 14. I guess it's just run up. So I didn't really and consider it. So I looked like at this 14. like a month ago and it was like 230, and it was 14 times on the forward. So I guess it's just run up. So it's, it's, it's not as low as it is, but it's still under a market multiple on the forward earnings of 17. And I mean, the 555, you're still making some pretty good money. They beat by a buck. It was a huge beat. It was a huge beat. Yep. Huge beat. It's yeah. like an NVIDIA type of beat. So it was a huge beat. People still doing stuff. 
it's construction, construction still doing stuff like I've talked about, you know, that, you know, people who had projects on hold with lumber prices coming in, still a little bit down, you know, some stuff inputs coming down, labor is never going to come down, but some stuff has come down. Projects that were put on hold are starting to go again. So that's a little bit of the driver. And that's why it's hard to just go full bear market. Like when we, we're saying this and you can feel a pretty bearish tone from us here, it's not so much that we wanted, like we, we're, we're saying, oh, it's going to implode and it's all going back down to you know where we were in October. We're just saying we've run so far. We've run so far in such Ready a short period of time. Why not ring the register and set out? The, I, I think you'd be happy. I think you're going to be happy if you ring the register here and just set out the second half. Collect your 5.5% sitting out. I think you're going to be happy because I don't think this S&P is going back to all-time highs. I just, you know, and we're really close. So, you know, we're Very not far close. from all-time highs. Yeah. I don't think it's getting there, though. I think it's going to be tougher sledding. I don't think it's going straight there. And I think you could see like a 425 on the SPY. You know, and then maybe you're reloading. But it's been such a big move. What would be the 50% retracement of this overall move here, Joel? Let's just take it from oh, the beginning man. of the year. 380 uh, to 460. 50% retracements are healthy. 80 points off on 460 be 420. Ooh, Could we see 420 again on like the number. Could we see it again? I think <laughs> we do. I think we see 420 again here. And, you know, that's where you're reloading stocks. Like people who are saying, I'm buying this dip today, down 20 handles. Give a perspective, folks. We are not really in a dip here. We are still still near all-time highs. Yeah, not far is... from 2023 highs. DIA was making, unbelievably, almost making new all-time highs, very close to it. IWM has bounced significantly back. But look where the IWM is failing, Joel. There's so much technical stuff to talk about. I'm long IWM. It's the biggest position in my long-term portfolio. But look, the 200 back in July, August of 2022. The 200 in February and March of 2023. Look where we're starting to stall out. The 200 here again. You can see the chart that I'm looking at here. Nope. You know, multiple times. If you stretch it out there, you can see it. Multiple highs. We're yeah. failing right where you don't want to fail from a technical perspective. So the rule of three comes into play with that one on IWM. And I would be looking for one more attempt towards that resistance and failing. If it can't get to 200, I would start seeing it try to attack that support at 194. Um, so I'd be looking for IWM to make one more attempt. That's what, just from my rules. And uh, I've been showing it on, on live trading. It's, it's working pretty well there. Um, we'll see what happens there on IWM if it does turn around. And I'm looking for corrections, though. I think that a correction here could be you know very good for us bulls if we want to go ahead and maybe take some profits and then look for a pullback to come back into the market that's what i'm thinking um that's what i'm looking for and i think that eventually we'll get it now the only question is how much of a correction will we get that's the hard part right that's where you got to go ahead and determine what are the levels you're looking for is it 50 percent? what's going to be the catalyst i'm just you know curious i mean you know to take us back you know i to take us back up to the, the to take us back up of course yeah. uh i yeah. think it's just ai bubble at the end of the day i don't think the ai bubble yeah. is broken um i don't think this is going to go away anytime soon um i think that we could still drive stocks higher i still see amd as one of the stocks that still doesn't look bad i think that stock just still has room to run i still think google has still room to run I think um, I think you're buying pullbacks, but pullback is not one percent here. Pullback yes, on some of these no, stocks correction. is ten percent. Correction like get versus to the cor pullback. Yeah, let's get to the official correction. Like we get a market correction of ten percent from the recent highs. 
Where would that take us on SPY? Just curiously, a 10% correction. That's what we're calling for here. Maybe a 10% correction. So 459. So that would be 45. I'm taking right back down to the 420, 425. That's yeah, your corrective area. 410, Man, it would be nice. It'd be not, it'd be healthy. And you'd shake out a lot of this, like, you know, what we have. And, you know, we can talk about Y-E-L-L. I mean, this is irrational exuberance happening here <laughs> now. I mean, a company's talking about going bankrupt and then they come and they buy from 50 cents to five bucks. How I about mean, a, a Brian Shannon uh, anchored VWAP move <laughs> back down towards that 410. Um, that's anchored VWAP from the top of the market. It's so. still, and you're still being a bull trend. It, the, the bottom line here is if you're buying stocks today, you are chasing. People think I'm buying the dip today, but you're not. You're actually chasing stocks here because a dip is not 1%. We're 1.5% off the recent high from the SPY. We have some major earnings coming up. And again, it's hard to talk technical with Amazon and Apple sitting on deck in two days. That could change the entire narrative. Maybe they come out and they blow it away. They pull an NVIDIA and they're like, everything is awesome again. That could change everything. GNRC is not changing anything. AMD is not changing anything. I look at the companies reporting tonight. Shopify's cool to trade. PayPal, cool to trade. Unity, cool to trade. But none of these are changing an overall market narrative. Amazon and Apple control the market narrative. That's what's going to dictate whether we're going up or down is basically Thursday night. Yeah, but you got to so, be thinking of like big pop. I mean, the run on Apple. They've got to blow it away, Joel. They blow it away, yeah. but like but if they, they do, to, are you higher. buying? Like if it goes to, you know, to two, you know, to 200, I think I would, even if they blow it away, I would look like a kind of like a similar reaction that you got to the AMD. Um, Amazon's a little bit different story because it's still kind of crawling its way back, right? From the low, hasn't quite done the 50% retracement. Uh, so different things, but, uh, I think if you want a number to, to keep an eye on, you know, cause th this is a dip, we've been in a trading range, things have been quiet. Uh, the low that you made to, um, last night, uh, at 52 and a quarter, that matches, uh, that matches the low from last week. So of course it's only Wednesday. We're not at the end of the week yet, but there's a good week. We, we bounced hard off that number. We tried to get back to the high of the move. We made a new closing high for the move just two days ago. Uh, but for me, that that's the line in the sand. I mean, that would be, you know, we're still 23 handles above that. But if the bulls are really going to establish control, they're, they're going to maintain that level. I'm also doing my, you know, doing the weekly numbers and, uh, you know, a, a weekly setup number. This is the first time. And this is why I mentioned the 4,600 yesterday. This, this is the first time where, you know, we just haven't hit that number and just, boom, bounced up. And yesterday we were kind of lazy at that area. Then, of course, you got the Fitch news. So uh, a lot of different things. But if, if you are buying the dip or you you have a long-term portfolio, you're looking like, wow, maybe, you know, maybe there is more of an extended, uh, you know, extended move to the downside here. Really like uh, that uh, those weekly lows at the 45.50 area. And you can find that on the SPY, too. All right, one more report I'll just bring in here. I'll do Starbucks Q3 EPS at a dollar, beat the 95 cent estimate, sales of 9.17 billion, missed the 9.2 billion estimate. Comparable sales were still up 10% globally, up 7% in North America, and up 24% international. So is the consumer broken? No, but I mean, they find five bucks for their coffee. 
Yeah, they find it, man. They, they find, find it. it. The people who go to now, Starbucks. I've already learned. How do you pay stop? five bucks for coffee? I got to stop betting against Starbucks. I have to stop, guys. Next I've never time you guys it. hear me get bearish, Starbucks, someone please come through this camera. Me too. Me, a- me too. I've hated good, good Starbucks. Whacking. I've basically wow. hated Starbucks since birth. I never got it when it was $3 coffees and everybody else had it for 50 cents or a buck. Now it's $6 coffees and everybody else is 2 bucks. And it's still, you know, the premium people want the experience of sitting in a Starbucks and going there or they get their Starbucks, they're classy. I mean, the margins have got to be just amazing, though. So maybe we've always, you know, been wrong, Mitch, too, because Nothing they've got like to have burnt awesome coffee, margin. man. Nothing like burnt coffee. You got to get. Uh, you like, like your. What, what's you, the one you like? The, I, I get. I, I, what I is get it? This. Bring it out. Stop. Money, Mitch. You know it. You class. know it. Bring it you out. don't got to think forget. far. It's always around, baby. Where's the, the Dutch bros? bros. Where's that stock? It's hanging in there. Yeah. The bros is hanging in there. But I'm see, even not buying that, right? I'm not even buying that. I, I liked it. I looked it on the daily, but comparable sales need to change. The fundamentals Are they need to be money? there. Do the not pros just make money? No, I got to go look the, at the pros. Does that make money? A little bit of advice. When you go to Starbucks, well, Panera is better because Panera, you can ask for uh, a double yeah, or then, triple. They espresso. run out of bagels, though. They run out of you bagels, get, Joel. You can ask, uh, you can get the double or triple espresso at Panera, and then they have the coffee thing out. So you just go and put a little, so you pay two, three bucks for the Man, couple Joel? shots of espresso. And then when you know, you get, you get the little coffee in there. Or at what Starbucks, kind of- you say, <laughs> oh, can I just ha- have, you know, uh, double, what do they call that? Like, uh, um, there's a name for it, and it costs like two, three bucks. But if you want good coffee, go to Costco, man. Their their dark roast is uh is excellent, very cheap too. So, uh, but Starbucks, I just looked at the chart for you, Starbucks bulls or bears out there. It's all about a hundred bucks. Uh, you did deep uh dip under that in the pre market trading, but I'm looking at two daily lows flanking the one hundred dollar area. So the bulls have to establish a strong bid there. If yeah. not, I just don't like these two daily candles. Uh, the big run up in July. So hundred bucks, hundred bucks, hundred bucks. If you do go into rally mode, you got a uh, a triple top at one hundred one seventy five. That's not too far away. You know what the market cap of Starbucks is? Take a guess at the market cap. It's insane. Starbucks is worth insane. I tried to short that thing through the 100 last time. That didn't work out. <laughs> it's worth $116 billion. It's a coffee shop. It's a coffee shop. $116 billion. I mean, it's so impressive that they could have grown it to this. Like, given your perspective, McDonald's is worth like 220 So you would think McDonald's would be like five times the market cap of a Starbucks. But it's like, McDonald's has been around since, you know, forever. I mean, it's the most dominant fast food chain that's ever existed. I, I just and, don't understand why there isn't another coffee place that could be just as good as Starbucks. Well, and you look at bros, your bros. I mean, it's got a $1 billion market cap. Yeah, so your no, bros, $1.7 billion. So Starbucks is 100 to- worth 100 times more than bros. I don't know. Eventually, you're right. Why can't there be another one? I don't know if it's bros. Or I guess Dunkin' Donuts is just that bad. <laughs> Where's Dunkin' Donuts market cap? That's a good question. It's is gone. it still public? It's gone. It's gone. That's the thing. Why do they keep getting rid of it? That was public, then it was gone, then it was public again, then Tim Hortons was public, and then it's gone. I guess there's hey. no comparatives. And- Expensive coffee, yeah. guys. Let's start wrapping up the day here. Uh, 8.59. Sure. We're about to get here towards 9 a.m. Joel, how are we looking at least for overall levels? And then we'll wrap up the day. 
Uh, we're just sitting about mid-range here. Uh, if you thought you had opportunity to buy the dip, you should have been up early this morning because you hit last week's low. Just hanging around mid-range. Uh, I usually don't put a huge emphasis on the opening print, uh, the 6 p.m., because, you know, this late in the session. But the fact that we opened lower, 20 handles lower, had a little sympathetic pop, and then the big, the big, uh, the big dip. We came right back to that area. So the bulls got established a bit above 45.80. And coming down here, I think it's just going to be like chunk. You know, I don't think we're going to whoosh right down to that weekly low. I think people are like, oh, I missed the weekly low. I got to get something in the 45.60 handle. So that's my outlook for the S&Ps today. I'm going to go uh, talk some bank earnings uh, with David Cheverini from Wedbush and uh Triple D, I'll, I'll dial you up after the open. Everyone have a great day. Fun show. All right. We're going to start wrapping it up here, and we'll see what happens in the market today. I feel like we could still just get a little bit of a pullback right now. Um, I think the and, Bears – And they're probably going to come in and buy the dip again. They just do this. But eventually, one of these dips is not going to get bought. And then they're going to be the, – the, the one thing is, you know, market continues to do what is rewarded. We have been relentlessly rewarded for buying the dip in 2023. But at a certain point in time, there's going to be a market where the dip does not get bought. It actually gets sold. Like we dip, you know, we're down 30 handles and then we fall down 80 handles. And they'd be like, oh. And then they'd be like, well, I'll get bought tomorrow. And then they'll try to buy the dip again. And then like, oh. And now all of a sudden, trend starts breaking and that's where it gets into trouble. I mean, there is warning signs here the trend could be breaking i mean i even look at your moving what moving average you got on there on the spy which is so that's starting the to nine under. moving average right there just that's starting the EMA. and just that's usually starting. a very close ema that's usually following also the mac d line the moving average convergence divergence and a lot of people use the mac d to determine momentum and so when the nine ema starts to crack we look for it to recover that day like we had here it needs to recover like today Yes, it needs to recover because if the price action closes below that, that starts to show trend changing. And that's yeah. when trend traders start to be aware of the trend could be changing. A lot of people use the 9, the 10, and then the next uh, major one is the 20, but that's usually a little bit further. By the time I see the 20 get hit, that's usually by the time you already start seeing the trend traders sell. And so we'll see what happens here if you start to see some selling because the trend traders are starting to see the trend start to break a little bit. And I think that like always, what would I would do now is I'd be looking today. Can we close back above the 9 EMA? 9 EMA right now is 454.24. So we're a little bit of ways from there, right? We need to get back towards like 455 today to be looking a lot better on the SPY. A move to 450, yeah, it starts to get that worry in the market that we're starting to break the trend. We'll see what happens. I could see a pullback to 440 being very simple. And look where the 200 day is. We just talked about the range between 420 and 410. The 200 days around 407.85. So that also seems like a likely area to pull back eventually. We'll just have to wait to see if we do get that correction. And also my RSI is also telling me that what? We're near the top, right? Because here on the SPY, when we were pushing to, on the 15th, it was at 83s. We started to come down. We come back here towards 83s. We start to come down. We come back to 83s, we start to come down. You see, the RSI, I know people like, you know, knock the RSI, but the RSI is pretty good on historical reference. If you go back in time and you see when do we normally turn around? 
above the 83s, 85s on the SPY. That's usually when we start seeing a little bit of a turnaround on the market. So does it mean that it's completely broken? No, but we could take a little bit of rest period in the market. We'll see what happens today. Mitch, do the TLT here because yeah, let's do this it. is, is now, really good and full disclosure, I have a spread on TLT and I'm sure it's some other, you know, bonds against it. So I do. Well, I can't blame you for this. On it. But look at this thing, man. This mm -hmm. is the most concerning chart in the entire market right now. I'm going to say it. You can look at whatever you want. You know, yep. this is a disaster stock of the day, which is GNRC and SMG. This bloody chart is so, so concerning. TLT mm -hmm. under 100 was concerning. And now we go down here again today. 97.27. We're falling out of bed here again. The bonds are telling us a different bloody story. And the bonds usually lead the way. The bonds led the way in October. They bottomed in October, started to turn around the TLT, but it hasn't participated in this whole 2023 rally, really. And now we're starting to leak down. And we are perilously close to the 20, to the October lows on the TLT. So you got the S&P and the Qs, which are just having a party of their own, completely ignoring this. I think this market is going to eventually start paying attention to the bonds. The TLT breaking down here again is a major red flag for this bull market. Yeah, and I, I see pure corrections on these charts, right? So you, I, I talk about the rule of three. I just wanted to show you guys it again here. One, two, three attempts, fourth attempt fails. What does the stock do? Gets the resistance, starts coming back to support. Now you get the rejection of the ABC move, right? So you get the A, the B correction, and now the C correction down. Not what you wanted to see. You wanted to see this kind of uh, pullback towards the trend line come back towards 106. If you're looking for the TLT to get back up there towards the 110, now it's rejection and resistance around the 102s. As you start getting rejections now towards the 100, we'll look to see if that starts to act as resistance. And do we come back to 9248? Right. I mean, if we come back there and some people will say, well, this is oversold, oversold. No, it still has ways to go towards 16 on the RSI. That's historical reference for turnaround on the TLT. And I think this still has ways that it could go lower. It looks so. like it wants to test the October lows. Yeah. What that's, is the testing the lows? Stoller and bonds. I just don't think like that the rest of the market's going to ignore it if the TLT starts to retest the lows. I think it's going to be in the media. I think it's going to be. The only concerning thing for me, you know, getting full on bearish here is just the fact that Kramer's starting to get bearish. And I never liked <laughs> Kramer. So, you know, he was like, you know, talking and he sold the J&J. I mean, he jumped on J and J had its biggest update. It was Kramer's fault that Johnson and Johnson rallied yesterday because he came out and said, sold the J and J and the whole story behind it. We know that. And then J and J opens at the low and just like rips higher all day. <laughs> yeah, this is why I think that, you know, sometimes the market will do what it can hurt the most, right? We're starting to start looking at a turnaround. So maybe we get one more ramp, but how many more ramp ups do we have for the year? I think that maybe you get one more. For like the AI, maybe one more big push, but not too much further from here as I can see. And I think that's what Dennis sees too. The, the positive outlook is starting to get kind of shortened that, yeah, maybe we get 10% more on these bigger names, but it's not easy are we going to get 40, 50% more, 70% more? I highly doubt it for these big names. It's just very difficult at these valuations to keep this uh, kind of multiple earnings multiple keep going further and further and further and further. Eventually, these earnings multiples are going to run into a wall. 
it, it, it's, it's what it is. I mean, you're paying so much more for these stocks right now than we were. And we don't need a recession. People keep saying recession. We don't need a recession for these stocks to go down. We don't need a recession. We just need some profit taking. So I think we've got to just consider the fact that, you know, we have run a long ways, a long ways from the lows. I mean, Microsoft at the peak is trading 33 times earnings. When the hell has Microsoft traded 33 times earnings? When has Apple traded 30 times earnings? Apple has not traded 30 times earnings in as long as I can remember. Let's give a perspective here. Like Apple for the longest time, when I was long it from the whole 2012, 2013, 2014, it was 12 times earnings. And we kept saying, if it would just get a market multiple, if Apple would just get a market multiple, it would be like, you know, double this price, but they won't give it a market multiple. It was 11, 12 times earnings. People who, you know, just listened and started trading the last few years don't know this. Apple in 2010 and 2011 and 2012 was growing earnings so fast that the price action couldn't even keep up with it. And that's just because iPhone exploded and everything exploded there. But I mean, now you're at a point here, they haven't come out with a new product in forever. And they just expanded this entire move in Apple is all multiple expansion. They aren't growing earnings right now. It's all multiple expansion. It is trading 33 times earnings now. If there was ever a time to ring the register, it's when stocks become overvalued. Apple is just the bottom line. It's just overvalued. It's overvalued here. It's everybody loves it. Every money manager wants it in their fund. But, you know, the, the, like at the tech bubble peak, you know, we were 40, 50, 60 times earnings on some of these companies back in 2000. So we're not at those valuations, but we're not cheap. We're not even close to cheap. And Apple and Microsoft are not cheap stocks. That's why I sold them. I had Apple yeah. and Microsoft for a long time. I sold them for the simple reason that, they just got expensive at 26 times earnings, 27 times earnings, I think it was. Now they're 33, and I'm like, I'm scratching my head, and I was like, I guess I screwed up, but holy mackerel, I mean, coming in and buying them now, buying Apple now, I think you're so late to the party. That's where we got to watch out, because uh, it's definitely fun as we ride the trend, but always what happens, trends break, right? So just be aware out there, investors, when do you want to take profits? Always what? Make your own decisions, right? Or ask a financial advisor if that's what you'd like to do. But like always, we'll be here going through the ups and the downs of the markets. Of course, right now we're riding the ups. We'll see if this gets the correction. Like always, you guys can keep up with Triple D Trader, uh, Dennis Dick. Give him a nice little follow. We'll see you next time, my friend. Have a good one, Dennis. Go do what you do best, man. Go get to your trading action. All right, I'm going to bring you guys over now to live trading. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere, team. If you guys want to see some live trading and want to see what stocks I'm looking at, what areas I'm watching, of course, we'll see what happens here. Today, I still have about six uh, swing trades on right now. We'll see what happens with these. Some of these might get cut out. Um, I am in the red on actually none of them. I was a little bit in the red on tech, but we'll see how that one opens up here. Um, Got a couple names in oil, got some smaller names. If you guys want to find out all my swing trading action, come over to, of course, live trading. That's coming up next. And if you guys didn't catch Market Wizards last night, well, the book club definitely uh, did a great meeting. We talked about lessons from two interviews from the book. And I really love these lessons. They're really kind of lessons that come from traders that 
really made it. And I think that a lot of the times we need to be looking at traders that made it, learning from their strengths and their weaknesses, right? So that we can add their strengths to our tool belt and, of course, understand their weakness so that we don't fall in the same rut. We'll see you guys like always on live trading. That's coming up next. And like always, you guys can join the book club every day. It's absolutely for free. Um, we meet together every week on Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And I try to do my best to give you guys the top five right now from these interviews and keep pushing us forward on our trading journey. If you want to keep upping your skill, hit that link for the book club. Now to get you guys over to live trading action, that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere.